0: Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Thanks for joining us
1: for another episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: There's a new online beef cattle industry convention. I'm Jessica like Domel and I have more coming up.
3: This week, I've talked about the promise this new year offers for Texas High Plains farmers. Well, ranchers look to have a better year, too, but it won't be easy. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that report coming up on Texas Ag Today.
4: Dry weather continues to dominate much of Texas, even central Texas. This is Dr. Shane McClellan, and I'll have more from Waco.
1: We'll have those stories, plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. But first, here's Jessica Domel with news headlines.
2: The National Cattlemen's Beef Association has announced its plans for the 2021 Cattle Industry Convention Winter Reboot. The Winter Reboot, planned for February 23rd and 24th, will include industry news, updates, education, and networking. Attendees will receive a sneak peek into plans for the Cattle Industry Convention and Cattlemen's College, moved to August of this year due to COVID-19 restrictions. Ten educational programs will be offered covering topics like sustainability. Registration for the Winter Reboot is now open. Details are available at convention.ncba.org. That is convention.ncba.org. Again, the online event will be February 23rd and 24th. U.S. farmers appear to be less optimistic about the impact a U.S.-China trade dispute could have on agriculture. The December Ag Economy Barometer from Purdue University and the CME Group has been polling farmers on the issue since last year. Jim Minter, the director of Purdue's Center for Commercial Agriculture, joins us with more.
0: When we've asked them whether or not they think the trade dispute will ultimately be resolved in a way that benefits U.S. agriculture, there's been a change, especially since the beginning of 2020. In early 2020, roughly 80% of the farmers in our survey said they expected the trade dispute to be resolved In a way that was beneficial to U.S. agriculture. In the December survey, that was down all the way to just 47 percent that expect a beneficial outcome.
2: The two countries signed the first phase of a trade agreement last February. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. Corn futures traded above five dollars
1: this week for the first time since 2014. Texas AM grain marketing specialist Mark Welch says there are a lot of speculators in the corn market right now, and that's providing a big boost to prices.
5: They are near record long territory in terms of the contracts that they are buying, betting on higher prices. These are speculators in our futures market. This summer, they were at record low positions in terms of their net longs. They were they were net short the market, betting on lower prices to the largest degree we've seen since 2003. And in a very short span of time, of course, they've gone to the some of the highest net long positions we've seen by those particular participants in our grain markets. And that's giving us, of course, some tremendous grain pricing opportunities.
1: And the corn demand picture has turned around drastically in the past year.
5: We talk about China so much, gone from 7.6 million metric tons to about 16.5, a 9 million metric ton increase. That's a big deal. But look what's happening on the total grain trade. If you look at global trade in grain, we've gone from 157 million metric tons to 179. So, yeah, China is the biggest single contributor to the increase we've seen in uh, corn imports, but they're just a piece of the story. The total world trade of, of corn has increased 22 million metric tons, China accounting for 9 million of that.
1: Welch says the U.S. is gaining a larger share of the corn export market because many of our global competitors are experiencing shorter corn crops, and that results in less corn on the world market.
5: But with limited export competition and a rising uh, trade in the world uh, export market for corn, uh, the U.S. is benefiting from that because of our supplies.
1: Texas A&M's Mark Welch. Texas cattlemen in the High Plains should have a better year here in 2021. James Hunt tells how. As
3: I bring you more from my recent interview with Texas A&M AgriLife economist Justin Benavidez, let's first get the good news for those raising cattle.
6: We do expect higher calf prices in 2021 as a result of a shrinking cow herd. We expect probably half a percent to a full percent fewer cows in the January inventory report. What that means is also fewer calves. And so fewer calves with stable or increasing beef demand means to us that we would expect higher prices for calves, particularly in the fall.
3: On the other side of the equation, however, Dr. Benavidez says the grain market situation farmers are celebrating is not so good for livestock producers.
6: We've talked about how good the grain prices are. That's a challenge for our livestock market. There's a challenge in locating some feed locally for our folks who feed DDGs. There's been some challenges acquiring DDGs from our local ethanol plant just because it has slowed down ethanol production. On lower transportation from the coronavirus pandemic. There's also been not as much cotton made it out of the field, and so cotton seed is more expensive at the moment, too.
3: And that's not to mention the issues some ranchers are having with pasture and hay. With all this in mind, Dr. Benavidez advises being ready to make some moves to protect the bottom line.
6: This is a year for risk. Management. If we expect some volatility and some pricing and particularly some issues with drought, this is a year to maybe market some of your feed costs, moderate some of those increasing grain prices by marketing some of your own feed if you're big enough to do that look into livestock risk protection. It's a government program that is akin to an options market. There's a lot of risk management opportunities out there that can help our producers remain profitable or at least mitigate potential losses.
1: I'm James
3: Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Dry weather continues to dominate central Texas despite recent rains. Dr. Shane McClellan reports from Waco.
4: As we start 2021, we do so over on the dry side. Only 11 counties in Texas are currently not affected by drought in some form or fashion. I visited my parents, Mike and Paula McClellan at my hometown of Avoca during Christmas and soil conditions there have been dry for some time. And you might say, well, there used to be in dry out West, but according to that drought monitor, uh, much of Texas has been dry for longer than normal. Currently, McLennan County is in a moderate to severe drought, according to that drought monitor map. If I look at the 30-year average rainfall received from October 1 to end of December, we're about eight inches below our normal rainfall during that time period uh, for McLennan County, especially Waco area. I do not like to be dry in the winter months. That can set us up for a bad spring. I look at winter as a time to rebuild surface and underground water levels. Stock tanks are really low here in central Texas, uh, one of the places i I run a few livestock it 's about twenty percent uh, water in the actual stock tanks, and that 's not good for for winter months. Pastures are mostly dormant grass uh, right now with a few offerings some rye grass and winter annuals. For grazing, but it's pretty much minimum pickings for livestock. All livestock are requiring some supplemental feed, and they're eating a lot of hay. Now, I have seen a few oat pastures that look really good that are offering some good grazing, but uh, those are few and far between. The Really cold freeze type events we've had did kill back our warm season grasses in our livestock pastures, and uh, we're still staying warmer than normal on most days. Those big temperature swings that are going from the high 30s to the low 70s are still occurring. Wheat no fields look better than I would expect uh, for this. The amount of rain that we've actually received. The later planted wheat looks worse. It just hasn't had the moisture to get up and, and get going. Early planted wheat, early planted oats looks looks much better, especially if they've put some fertilizer on it or if it had fertilizer under it when they planted. We're only a month away from planting corn and we need a, a slow soaking rain for some soil moisture as well as some large runoff top events to fill some stock tanks. This is Dr. Shane McClellan reporting from Central Texas for Texas Ag Today.
1: USDA has a new program aimed at helping producers deal with crop quality losses due to natural disasters. Stephanie Ho has more from Washington.
0: USDA has reached out to stakeholders nationwide for a new program to protect crop quality from loss due to natural disasters.
7: Whether it was, you know, in the Upper Plains, in the Southeast, and a whole bunch of other places across the country, a lot of different crops to understand some of the things that impacted them in that 2018 and 2019 crop year.
0: That was Farm Service Agency Administrator Richard Fordyce.
7: Crops that will be eligible will be those for which federal crop insurance or NAP coverage is available. Also crops that were sold or fed to livestock or that are in storage, currently or were in storage may be eligible as well.
0: With other specifics.
7: A producer's harvested eligible crop must have had at least a 5% loss reflected through a quality discount or if it's a forage crop, a nutrient loss to qualify a 5% quality loss.
0: This is Stephanie Ho for the U.S. Department of Agriculture
2: in Washington, D.C the catch of a lifetime could earn you five thousand dollars i'm jessica domal and i'll have details coming up on texas ag today
1: and managing performance mayors can be a real challenge dr bob judd has some advice coming up next right here on texas ag today
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Managing performance mares can be a real challenge. Dr. Bob Judd has some
8: advice. A drug that is used to cause mares to ovulate may actually be used to also keep them out of heat. The drug used in the study was an implant containing deslorelin. And although the drug is not available in the United States, it is available in Canada. Dr. Christine Orich performed the study in Austria and indicates that the drug deslorelin is used to actually induce ovulation in mares when in heat, but she used a slow-release implant to determine if this would delay heat cycles. She treated 15 Shetland pony mares with two doses of the implants and five mares with injectable deslorelin as a control. They found the higher dose of the implant resulted in skipping up to two heat cycles and this also decreased behavioral signs related to heats. To be effective, the implants must be used after a mare has ovulated, so a veterinary ultrasound exam will be required to determine the appropriate time to use the implant. If used at the incorrect time, the implant would lead to ovulation and the heat cycle will continue. Another option commonly used to delay heat is oral alternagest, which has to be given daily. This drug is effective but is expensive and can affect the long-term fertility and health of humans exposed to the drug. Ultrinogest is also available from a compounding pharmacy as an injectable, but there's always a concern using injectable compounded products. Dr. Orich indicates the treatment with the deslorelin implant is safe and has no side effects and yet is completely reversible with no long-term effects on fertility. However, the implants are expensive, and each horse responds differently. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The catch of a lifetime
1: could earn you $5,000. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report.
2: Landing a largemouth bass in Texas could win you a $5,000 prize. And could help improve Texas fishing. Kyle Brookshire, Toyota Share Lunker Program Coordinator, joins us with more.
7: The Share Lunker Program is a angler-driven participation and enhancement program for the state of Texas. And basically, what happens is an angler can support Texas Parks and Wildlife's efforts to manage our fisheries, namely in this category for trophy-sized bass, by loaning a 13-pound plus fish to us for our selective breeding and stocking program, which actually launched just recently with the new year, and that goes through the end of March. Or an angler that catches a fish at eight pounds or larger can enter their catch and genetic data for us into our database.
2: That data is then paired with different types of management data compiled by Texas Parks and Wildlife Department biologists
7: that influences our management decisions for trophy bass in that reservoir.
2: Anglers who catch and donate one of the 13-plus pound lunkers earn legacy class status. They'll receive a catch kit filled with merchandise, a decal for their vehicle or boat, VIP access to the Toyota Share Lunker Annual Awards Event, and a high-quality replica of their lunker fish. They'll also be entered into two drawings for the chance at a $5,000 Bass Pro Shop shopping spree. We will have more with Kyle Brookshire on the Toyota ShareLunker program on the next Texas Wildlife Radio show. In the meantime, check out the ShareLunker app wherever you typically download apps for your smartphone. You can also visit texassharelunker.com. That is texas s h a r e l u n k e r.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.
1: The cattle futures market traded on both sides today, but we ended up closing mostly higher for both live and feeder cattle. The cotton market put in a mixed close, but the grain markets moved lower. We'll take a look at all of our livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today.
3: Did you know that one out of every three mouthfuls of food we eat is produced by insect pollination, most of which is done by bees? In fact, bees are vitally important to food production. That's why modern agriculture is working with beekeepers to promote bee health. Ensuring a sustainable food supply requires each of us to play our part in preserving the land and protecting pollinators. This public service announcement is brought to you by Syngenta,
0: We saw a mostly higher close in the
1: cattle futures market on Thursday. The exception was the nearby February live cattle contract. It was down two cents, closing at 114.97. $1. The April up 22, 119.50. $1. June live cattle up 42 at 115.37. $1. Feeder cattle mostly higher. January feeders up 92 cents, 136.70. March feeder cattle up a dollar, 137.57, the April up a dollar 5 at 139.67. Cash fed cattle market saw some very light activity. We did see some live sales at 112, dressed sales at 177, but again, very few cattle sold. That's a dollar higher than last week, but most feedlots holding firm. The asking price is now 114 and higher. Boxed beef prices mixed on Thursday. Choice up 27 at 205.54. Select down 74, 195.34. Let's check some auction barns now. We'll go to East Texas Livestock, Crockett, Texas. 1,244 heads sold. The trend steady to higher. Two to three weight steers, $1.47 to 47 to 218 a pound. 3 to 4 weight steers $1.33 to $1.92, 4 to 500 pounders $1.23 to $1.87, 5 to 6 weights $1.18 to $1.59, and the 6 to 700 pound steers brought $1.10 to $1.34 a pound. Slaughter cows 40 to 64 cents, slaughter bulls 73 to 83. Stocker cows brought 640 to 11.75 ahead. El Campo Livestock Company in El Campo, Texas, 538 head sold. The trend steady to higher, with two to three weight steers bringing a $1. to one95 three to four weights $1.46 to one86 dollar four to five hundred pound steers $1.44 to one85 five to six weights $1.41 to one78 six to seven hundred pounders $1.12 to $1.56. dollar the heavy 7 to 8 weight steers brought a dollar 13 to a dollar 31 a pound slaughter cows 20 to 53 cents slaughter bulls 60 to 81 stocker cows 550 to 900 a head back over to the futures market now where lean hogs close mixed february down 65 69 12 april hogs up a nickel 7305 Class 3 milk higher, January milk up 18 cents at 1684 a weight, February milk up 42, 1946 100. The cotton market closed mix with the nearby's lower, the deferred's higher. The export picture continues to look very good for cotton. Cumulative sales for the 2021 marketing year have reached 11.385 million bales. That's the highest level for this time of year since the 2010-2011 marketing year. In percentages, sales have now reached 78% of USDA's forecast versus a five-year average of 68%. We close with March cotton, down 30 points, 79.76. The May down 26 at 80.59. December cotton up 14 points, closing at 76.35 cents. The grain markets closed lower on Thursday, corn and soybeans taking a bit of a breather after the big run-up we've seen in prices this week. That's spilled over into the wheat market. One bearish factor in the wheat market, it looks like exporters in Argentina may be pushing a lot of wheat out the door, putting that on the world market. They're a bit concerned that the government may temporarily suspend wheat export licenses like it did with corn. So they're trying to get that wheat onto the market now before that happens, and that's putting some pressure on prices. We close with July Kansas City wheat down three and three quarters, 606 a bushel. July Chicago wheat down a nickel at 634. Corn was slightly lower. March corn down a penny, 494 a bushel. September corn down a quarter cent, 455 and a quarter. The energy markets mixed with February natural gas down three, 268. February crude oil up 33 cents, 5096 a barrel. The financial markets climbing higher. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 211 points, 31,041. The NASDAQ up 326 at 13,067. The S&P 500 up 55, 3,803. That wraps up a look at the markets, and that wraps up another edition of Texas Ag Today. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. Hope to see you then. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is Texas Ag
0: Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.